Hey guys, welcome to a weekly edition of the Get Life Podcast. We're not really used to that, so bear with us as we go through this journey together. Um, today, I have with me Tyson. Hello. And I have Sam. Hey. Yeah, so you guys probably know who Tyson is. Um, you may know who Sam is, maybe. I don't know. Sam, who are you? Tell us. The, the elusive person. I mean, shameless plug, you can find me at earlygame.com. I do uh, lots of voiceover and article stuff for gaming and esports. Um, yeah. So, uh, in summary, Sam is a professional, and we're not. So, we're going to be talking about Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal today. Um, we're going to do this in a series, so you might see in the next couple of weeks uh, episodes based around Persona. We're hopefully going to get some voice actors as well. Fingers crossed. I'm not going to say who, but we're looking into that. And before I get into the bulk of the discussion, I just want to thank our sponsors, Japan Crate, J-List, and Crunchyroll. In addition to that, I want to thank Atlas, specifically Atlas in the West and in the UK, and Sega, and Deep Silver. And the reason that is, is because obviously they sent us review copies. So the big thanks to you guys. And... I just want to know, really, because we're going to start off talking about the game Royal recently came out. I just want to start off the conversation with really how we got into the Persona series. It's very interesting more so with Sam. Obviously, everyone else knows how me and Tyson got into it because we did episodes on Kunai about the animation, Persona 4, the animation. So everyone kind of knows about that. I really want to start off with Sam. How did you get involved in Persona? What was your first Persona game and how you kind of got involved? Okay, so... Persona 5 was my first Persona game, but for some context. Um, I'd already known what Persona was for a very, very long time. Uh, I've always seen people cosplay things. I've always seen, you know, it just, especially when 5 came out originally, there was always these funny memes with the the attack, the, the you know, the, the HUD of the attack and the things you can do. And I was like, oh, that's pretty quirky. So I always passed it off as a very sort of quirky game, which I knew was there. But the way I, it came about actually playing it was that Persona 5, uh, the original before Royale, uh, went on sale on the PlayStation Store. And uh, my girlfriend picked it up and I was watching and then I just thought, this is the strangest thing I am ever watching. You know, I've never seen the how the game plays I, I sort of know what it was about but when i saw the intro i was like what the hell is this i was like this is weird and i was watching it and i was like ha huh, that's all right okay and so i was gradually watching it and then it sort of was like a fighting but also dating sim sort of school thing and i was like well i'm only going to know by trying and playing so i put off playing it for a while and then I had some time and I was like, you know what, I'm going to play it. So when I started, uh, it was a very confusing journey for me, mm. but uh, ended up being one of the, the, the best games I played in a very long time. Like it was very, very good. I, I really enjoyed it. So when Royale was announced and coming out with the additions, I was obviously very excited. So, Okay, I really want to know, have you gone back and played previous games in the series or it's just Persona 5 at the moment that you're focusing on? So it's Persona 5 at the moment I've only played, but I know of the previous titles and I've seen people do a few playthroughs and I'm just... Um, I, I've noticed also that through the years, especially in the very old games, it's changed dramatically. Like the way the way that it's changed from what it was to what it is now. Um, yeah, 5 was a big step up, uh, in my opinion. I mean, I've not played the previous, but 
yeah, five is where I've started, and and should I go back? Um, possibly. I mean, I just I really love the characters in Persona Five, so I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean, I'm I'm a bit love and hate relationship with specifically the story and the characters in Persona Five. I think they could have done it a bit oh. better, but. Um, for me, at least, I started off with um, Persona 4 Golden. That's the reason I got a PlayStation Vita. And it's, to be honest with you, it's the only reason to buy a PlayStation Vita at this point um, is Persona <laughs> 4 Golden. It's it's a great game. Like I personally like it. And then I think the only reason I got into it was because of the anime. And I think Tyson got into it for the same reason, but I'll let him explain that. And I went back and played the previous games before obviously playing 5. Um, so I was playing 3 which is one of my favorite Persona games of all time, because 4 kind of seems like a Scooby-Doo type story. I mean, a lot of people hate on me because of that. And then I played 2 and 1, and you do have a point. There's a lot of stuff that has changed dramatically. I mean, before, in the earlier games, it was very, like, Shin Megami Tensei-like. It didn't really have an identity as Persona, mm. although it was named Persona. But there's a lot of stuff that has changed, and the game has got, obviously, its, its own identity and whatnot now but there's still a lot of stuff that have been brought in from the previous games like playing one and two and then playing five i've seen there's a lot of stuff that's returned like uh persona negotiations and stuff like that so i mean it's, it's pretty cool um tyson how did you get into persona the the negotiations um if i recall correctly that came from two i haven't played it myself but that's the conversation that i read online especially when persona 5 was uh, about to release uh three years ago that's mostly um like the conversation was oh persona 5 will, for will finally be a return a return to form and like Yes, you can bring some elements of the Shin Megami Tensei games onto Persona. It is a Shin Megami Tensei game after all. Um, ever since Persona 3, which added the social simulation component that we all love, it, that we all enjoy and love, um, this pretty much like I don't think Atlas in a way saw this exploding the way that it did. So that's why. Um, so it, it was sort of an experiment on three, it was expanded on four, it, it, upon in four, and then on five. Like, if there were to be a Persona game that released in the future without the social component to it, it's just straight uh, dungeon crawling, mm. then it's not Persona. Like, I for one would, would say that if that element were to be missing at some point, this is not the Persona that I played, this is not the Persona that I fell in love with. Mm. Um, so, um, much like Bish, I also uh, got my flavor of Persona from the anime as well. Uh, like prior to that one episode that we did on Persona 4, the animation, I was mildly aware of Persona, but wasn't like a regular player of it. So I ended up falling in love with the anime, with like the dynamics between the characters. Mm. Um, I thought it uh, back in the day. I still think so now that this is like the kind of friends that I would love to hang out with. Okay. That episode was also responsible for me getting Persona 4, uh, the original one, um, which uh, Bish went later on to give me a copy of Persona 4 Golden. That's when I got the beta, uh, the, the beta TV that I have now. Um, funnily enough, I haven't finished uh, Persona 4 Golden, but I did finish the vanilla. Oh, okay. um, Persona so I was under 4. the impression that you haven't finished any of Persona 4, and I was really upset by that. I was just like, Tyson, how could you? Why would you do that? 
You're missing out on a lot. Oh no, I I did finish uh, Persona Four. Um, I finished Persona Five. Um, on my way to finishing Royale right now, but um, but but we can touch base in our progress uh, a little later on right sure. now. Um, the one that I've gotten stuck at is Persona Three. Uh, so I got Persona Three Fest. Um, I don't know. It's like. Tartarus to me feels like such a chore coming from the mechanics of Persona 4 to 3 like a lot of people that I know prefer uh, uh, 3 over 4 like I can get behind the whole Memento Mori uh, thing it's just that the gameplay isn't there it's like very crude I completely understand where you're coming from because yeah the game in terms of gameplay is not the best and yeah to me Tartarus feels like mementos in this game like as soon as I um as soon as I played Persona 5 I was like oh this Tartarus just flipped upside down like to me that kind of feels the same like that so I kind of felt that way I, I really want to know what you think of mementos later on but it's interesting because the game you're playing is um Fez right uh yes so the one That's that the I one that started I playing was Portable because Portable has a lot of the game mechanics taken from Persona 4 and obviously because it's an updated version of the game for the PSP so it takes a lot of the stuff from Persona 4 uh, a lot of stuff have been removed the fact that you can control party members now and stuff have been brought into Persona 3 so if you want if if people listening are like Tyson in the sense that they can't really get into Persona 3 because of the game mechanics and stuff I would suggest maybe playing Persona 3 Portable because it is very similar to Persona 4 in the in the way that the game works. So I have a question for you now that we're going into that topic. Um, so I own Persona 3 Portable, but the one criticism that I heard about it is that it's mostly on rails. It doesn't give me the freedom to explore as P3M Fest gave. Uh, like, do you found that to be too much of a like? Okay, so you get the Persona 4 gameplay, but you are giving this up in exchange. Do you felt that like it limited your enjoyment of that of that particular title it made me enjoy the title a lot more because in addition to that yes i did lose the, the exploration aspect of persona 3 but there wasn't much to explore anyway it's a ps2 game like it's like there's not much if it was had as much exploration as persona 5 and you took that away from me yes i'll be a bit antsy about it i'll be like what the fuck is this but there wasn't much exploration to begin with and the fact that you get new social links and you get new uh, velvet room assistants and i think a new protagonist a new female protagonist which is really unheard of for the persona series that additional content and even the yukiko um cameo in a p3p that's worth it enough for me as opposed to playing FES or The Answer or anything like that. Although you don't get the ending, so that you don't get the ending in Persona 3 Portable, you don't get the additional content that you do get in FES. So what you're saying is that you'd pretty much, uh, instead of... So what you say is that uh, Portable would be like the definitive version of Persona 3 instead of FES. Am I understanding correctly? For me, yes. But technically, in terms of story, you get the full story if you play at FES. That's no doubt about it. But for me, in terms of game mechanics, it is a better game. I mean, I could play through Portable and then uh, boot up FES because the portion of FES uh, can be booted separately from the game. So I can look into that whenever I pick up Persona 3 again. So that's good to know. So as it stands, Tyson, because obviously you've played 4, you've played a little bit of 3, and you've played um, 5. Which one would you say is your favorite Persona game? 
05. No doubt about it. Like I thought, like I, I thought four couldn't be knocked out of the pedestal that that I put it on, but five is wow. Like I've never fell in love with a game as such as I fell in love with five. Like to the point in which I obsess over that game. I have a number of merch from from five two. Like four, four was okay, but and I and I still love it dearly, but. Five to me is at another level for sure. I I, I want to echo on what you said there as well because for me Persona Five being the only game I have played for some context like I, I've been looking for a good single player game to play for the longest time. I and you know everything else is online service this this and that and uh, the only single player I played you know bearing Kingdom Hearts. Um, I was looking for something to play a bit and it just was the longest time so when Persona 5 came around and I was starting to get into it like I, I sort of didn't want it to end and I really really enjoyed it and I mean that's why we picked up Royale as well because just I mean I, I started the game and next minute a uh, hundred hours had gone and I, I was like oh god I don't want it to finish so I sort of got very lucky because by the time I'd finished 5 Royale was a thing so it was like almost like getting really into watching an anime and you know, having the second season already lined up for you to sort of jump into as so I was like, oh yes, this could be more perfect. It's, it's, yeah. Before we kind of get onto the second segment, because you're obviously mentioning uh, Royale a lot. So I just want to know, before we go to an ad break, how many hours have you spent on the original? Each one of you, how many hours have you spent on the original Persona 5? Uh, I think it's 110 hours. If you give me a moment, I can actually pull you the figure, but it was about 90 hours or so. I think I beat you. I'm pretty sure I beat your time because you were like, oh, you've got to play over so many hours, Sam. And then I, I sent you a thing back and I was like, here's 100 hours. <laughs> oh, it, oh, I, I take that back. Um, I have the actual screenshot here of my completion. I have the original one. I had 95.51 uh, 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 hours played. Oh, you're, sla you're slacking. So did I, I take it that you guys not replay the game for New Game Plus? No. So for me, no. I, I, I didn't replay because I knew Royal was coming. Okay, fair enough. And, and Tyson, what's your excuse? I kind of want to put this experience aside to when I feel ready to come back to it. So I'm not a believer of replaying games immediately. I wasn't particularly gunning for the Platinum either. So I wanted to cherish this experience and these feelings that this game gave me. So I didn't want to like try to do a speed run or something or something of that nature. Like in my mind, I always knew that I wanted to revisit Persona 5, but it wouldn't be anytime soon. But then that anytime soon became, oh, Persona 5 Royale is coming out. And I'm like, yay! I think for me, and now I feel a bit embarrassed to say how many hours I've spent on Persona 5, because it's it's a good 350 hours spent on the game. Uh, yeah. What? Yeah. How? Vish, were you completing the compendium by any chance? I was I was trying to complete the compendium. I'll get into it oh. a little bit, but because I got a review copy, I got the game one month before release, so that was all I was doing. And for, for people that have re read the articles on the website and the reviews that we do, I like to finish the game completely before I review it. So I, I went through maybe playing it once or twice. I went to complete all of the social links and everything to experience the full game so that when I reviewed it, it was a it was a good experience for me. The thing is, Tyson, I wasn't able to complete the compendium. The reason why that was 
is because there is a thing in this game and it's it's apparent in Royal as well that when you download DLC personas you're very limited on on fusions so it's it makes it very difficult to fuse personas when you download the DLC persona so that's why I haven't completed are we talking about the DLC um, for Persona 5 Royale? So it applies to Persona 5, the original Persona 5. And you may notice within Royale, you have a free DLC pack if you live in the United States or in Europe. In Japan, I think you have to repay for that DLC. But that DLC Persona, it's a Persona 5 DLC pack, which includes all of the DLC costumes from Persona 5, all of the items, all of the um, DLC Persona from Persona 5. So it's a free pack, but once you download that pack, or if you download the Persona 5 Royal DLC uh, for that DLC personas, so uh, stuff like Masaya, Izanagi, Izanagi Picaro, that kind of stuff. So if you download them and actually use them, you, you get messed around with the Persona Fusion. So if you want to complete the compendium, I suggest do not download the personas the DLC personas yet maybe hold off a little bit but with that being said I think it's a good place for us to go on a little ad break this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Crunchyroll go and check them out at getlifepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll for 14 day free trial of Crunchyroll premium service that means anime without ads 1080p hd you can watch it on all your favorite devices your tvs your phones whatever even if you want to watch it on your chromecast you can as well that's amazing go and check them out 14 day free trial you've got the most diverse collection of anime and manga on the internet so go and check them out it's a no-brainer lads getlifepodcast.com forward slash crunchyroll thank you crunchyroll for sponsoring this episode of the podcast this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the lovely people at Japan Crate. Japan Crate offers a unique experience of Japan through monthly crates filled with candy. And who doesn't love candy, right? Japan Crate brings you a delicious selection of snacks every month. You can check it out on our YouTube channel for $35 a month. And you can cancel anytime. But I don't know why you would want to. Learn more at getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Remember, use the code GALP for $3 off on new subscriptions. So getlifepodcast.com forward slash japan crate use the code g-a-l-p for three dollars off and if you want to check out what snacks that you get in the crates go and check out our youtube channels links will be in the description so go and check them out thank you japan crate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast and we are back with uh, sam and tyson yeah, we spoke a little bit about um, Persona 5 and obviously the first games that we kind of played. I really want to get into our thoughts on Persona 5 Royal so far. Because obviously everyone is, everyone here has played Persona 5, the base game. I want to hear your thoughts on Royal. There's a lot of changes in the game that I want to get your thoughts on. Like what was, when you opened the game, what was like the first thing that jumped out at you? Like what was like, oh wow, this is a, a new game as opposed to more of the same stuff? Well, I mean, it was the opening, wasn't it? Oh, okay. I skipped that, so... <laughs> you skipped it. it? Yeah, man, I it wanted was to like, get straight into I was into so excited. Yeah, I was so excited, because I love watching the opening for the original Persona 5, just, just watching it go, it's great. Uh, so I wanted to... I'd not seen it, and so I wanted the, the full experience, and so we watched it together, and uh, I really enjoyed it, yeah. Okay. Tyson? The first thing that... Well, it's all... It's also going to be the opening, but if we go further into the game, I'd say what struck me of this being uh, a new ga- a new game, it's going to be the music, isn't it? Like Yes, the battle music. It's so good. It's so good. 
I thought I couldn't love another another one. Um, um, like another song than last <laughs> than last surprise. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and this is weird because I feel this way about Goldem. Like I love the battle theme for Persona 4, but I don't like the one in Goldem. Um, in Persona 5, I love both Last Surprise and this one. Uh, the thing is called Takeover. Like at first, it kind of it, it it was a hard sell, but after hearing that like so many times, it's kind of like following you and. And next, you're just pumping it up on the radio and yeah. just jamming that, jamming them <laughs> with your with your car or or in your headphones or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's so good, it's so good. For me, at first, I didn't necessarily notice it until I got. So you still get last surprise if you are not ambushing. So if you ambush, then you get the um, the new music. So at first, I didn't notice it because the game doesn't really put you into that specifically because obviously you don't ambush from the beginning. But you know. I, I don't know it's it kind of for me the music is a bit interchangeable because if I'm in a dungeon all the time and I'm hearing the same song over and over I'm like fuck can you just change the music so for me what I what I enjoy the most is just the fact that I have the ability to bring all those DLC costumes so when you change the costumes you also change the music so currently I'm using the music from Persona 3 with the costumes because I I think Persona 3 had better music but you know it's an unpopular opinion I I, I just kept Mona in like uh, the maid outfit I think it was that it's been, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah it's 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 you know it's it's a sight to behold for me like uh, there's there's a sense of ignorance as well because um, not playing the previous games uh, I don't know how much weight and meaning the the previous outfits have uh, to see somebody else wearing them, but you know the funny ones, for example. Uh, you know that's that's all for me. It's great. Fair enough. I mean, like, there's a lot of funny different costumes. Like, they even got like the Catherine stuff in there, and I'm like, eh. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I've not played Catherine, so for me, I don't use it, and I don't really like the music that comes with it. So I'm like, eh, you know what? I'm not into that. But I did notice one thing that I'm not sure was if if it was evident in the original Persona Five is that when you change the costumes. For cutscenes, it doesn't put your costumes on, and I'm like, what yeah, was that? About? Yes, yeah, I noticed that, and I, I thought surely that would stick through through them. Well, if anything, what that what that says is that the cutscenes are not rendered in engine, so, so that's just uh, FMB. You know, like when Futaba comes in and gives you guys buffs. Like, what's the point of changing Futaba's costume if you can't see her costume change? Yeah, I don't know about that one. I haven't changed the outfits in um, in any of my characters, so I can't relate. But I mean, I haven't I haven't had I haven't even done that. If I haven't even done that to Futaba. I kind of just swap outfits one, and that was back in Kamoshida's Palace. And turned out that any of the options that I got, I didn't really like them, so I just swept back to the original to the original costumes. Even even the Persona Five dancing costumes. Um, I did. I did try the dancing ones, but and I was thinking that I would get the like the ones that were used in P5D. And for instance, she she doesn't if she doesn't have like her dance her dancing outfit like it's it's different. It is different. so if so if it, so if it was like P5D, then I wouldn't mind. Like I would leave I would leave them in those outfits forever. But since that is not the case, I was like. Yeah, let's just swap back to the regular outfit. That, that, that looked good enough. To be honest with you, like just to step off from outfits a little bit, because we've been talking about that for quite a while, there's a change that hit me that made me really feel that this is a completely different game. And what that was, was the Velvet Room. 
there's a lot of changes in the velvet room there's a lot of like not so much the alarm the one thing that that got me straight away was you know when you do multiple fusions like um three or four persona at a time like special fusions and stuff you, it, you could do this fusion theme in, in the original in the original as well like one thing that was different is like the happy hour of fusion of fusion that wasn't in the original. What I was saying about that, Tyson, I'm not sure if you noticed it, is the fact that if you don't have the Persona on you, because before in Persona 5, you had to have them all with you in your stock. Yes. Now yes. you can, the, you can you, get they, them. You can... you can get them straight away without even them going yeah. into your stock. So that's yes. that's a great quality of life change. That kind of got me in. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And yeah, you did mention the Persona Alarm, which I really want to get into, but I find it a bit of an inconvenience at times. How so? The reason why is because at the beginning of the game, when you still get when you get access to that, I think it's at Madarame's palace actually. When you get access to Persona alarms and stuff in the Velvet Room, you can pretty much only do one guillotine, one um, one electric chair, and one hanging before the alarm goes off or b before you fuck up a fusion. And I've done it so many times where I fucked up a fusion and I've paid more money for the fusion. Because, you know, um, when you hit rank five, that's another thing. Convenance have changed slightly. When you re hit rank five with the twins, you have the ability to buy fusions greater than your own power. So you can pay like half a million yen to like fuse crazy personas early on. So I did that and I, I lost like 200,000 yen on a shitty persona it came out like a level seven persona i was like what the fuck is this oh no and that's the reason why i don't like persona alarms although if you do go with um if you do the confidant for chihaya because her her confidant rewards have changed you can actually extend the amount of personas you can fuse within the um alarm or you can trigger more alarms more frequently i mean let's be honest who, who's gonna do that confident i think it's she's more useful in this game than in previous games that's mm, just my opinion mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of persona um yeah alarms and stuff oh, you're too kind um my, my thing i was i was actually going to switch topics about a particular change so if you're still wanting to finish up the uh the things then um yeah go ahead at least uh well as it pertains to shihaya i've been trying to level her up haven't found too much progress get, getting that done and since I'm at a part in which I really need to focus on one particular confidant, otherwise the whole third act of the game will not open up to me. Are you talking about Kasumi or are you talking about Maruki? Uh, Maruki to be specific. Um, I already maxed out Kasumi. I'm working. I'm working on on the on the on Maruki on the counselor. I for one enjoy having Akeshi around. So his social link or his confidant isn't story driven in the sense that it doesn't level up throughout the story i think it's a bit of a pain i've been panicking i'm literally i'm panicking because i'm almost at um size palace when obviously he joins you but you don't have much time to get that confidant to level eight so it, it blocks you off at level seven if you have you need to get like level four um, knowledge obviously uh, but it locks you off until he joins your party and it's like even then to reach level eight within that space of time it's it's kind of like you only have like a week and if you fuck it up you've basically lost that cutscene and i the game makes me panic it makes me stress about who i go and hang out with which is kind of like real life but you know <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Sam, as you were saying, there was a point that you wanted to mention uh, specifically off this topic. I, I actually wanted to talk about, because I've come from um, only playing P5, but the biggest quality of life change I've seen is just being able to not go to sleep all the time and not being yes. told when to go to bed and 
being able to do multiple things before the cat domination takes over and suddenly your life is driven by a cat. <laughs> a lot of people, even in the promotional material, when you get the press release for the game, and obviously not many people know about this, it mentions that as a selling point. Yeah. The fact yeah. that you can do more stuff before Morgana yeah. tells you to go to sleep. And obviously it's a big meme in the community. I'm sure he mentioned it in a trailer as well. He was like, oh, you can do more. I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure in one of the trailers building up hype for it, he was saying, yeah, you can, you can do more now. It makes a lot more sense, to be honest with you. I, I mean, it's not like you can do crazy things. Like, if you really wanted to go after, like, do something after a dungeon or, like, a mementos, then the best thing to do is rank up Kawakami and get her to give you guys a massage, and then you can do whatever you want. Um, but if you want to rank up your... You know, if you want to make coffee, if you want to make curry, if you want to rank up your your knowledge stats or read or work out in your room or whatever, that's the stuff that I kind of like because yes, the game still has those moments specifically within uh, Okumura's palace or uh, within that arc at the beginning of the arc where basically Morgana is like fucking off and gets offended and just, you can't do anything for that whole week because Morgana's not there. And it's just like, okay, these are the things that I think need to be fixed as opposed to cool you can just do other stuff Morgana doesn't tell you to go to sleep but there's still little bits here and there that I think don't need to be there because of the story because why do you need Morgana to be there as you're working out why do you need Morgana to be there as you're making coffee it just doesn't make sense maybe he just he just Joker just wants a friend and you know cats are great and but Morgana's not wants... a cat well you know <laughs> I have no idea I mean I always refer to him as a cat I mean the cat pisses me off anyway so I'm, I'm glad that that you know I don't have to go to bed now and I, I don't make a lockpick and suddenly I'm just exhausted you know I could just do other things which is really good that's a change that a lot of people are excited for me not so much because I kind of got used to it like in the original game I was like you know what I'm timing out my my time in a particular way it's fine if Morgana tells me to go to bed but yeah you do have a point you can do a lot more things now I mean in the game as well because of that change there's a lot of subsequent changes that you kind of really need to think like because in battles and stuff before I wasn't really thinking about what I was doing I wasn't really thinking about like SP and, and stuff like that and the fact that now you can like brew coffee and stuff after you know a long day or whatever it it adds it adds a bit more to the game that you can use later on um in terms of other hmm, i'm trying to think of other stuff that's changed from this game i have one if i may so this has been insanely useful for me i'm not sure about you guys so remember in Persona 5 when you just entered the bathroom and it didn't do absolutely nothing? Oh yes. This time around you can actually like have a general idea of where are you in leveling up your your ranks. I find that quality that quality change like insanely useful. Yes. This gives me an idea of okay, so I'm about this close to level to leveling up my guts or I'm about mm. this so, so right now I'm kind of worrying on kindness because I'm aiming to complete Sojiro and Futaba's, um, well, Sojiro's social link to be specific, in which I need to be kindness rank 5 in order to get that done. In order to start Futaba's social link, I needed to be kindness level 4. I'm already that, but I want to focus for the time being uh, on leveling up Maruki because I need to get into. Uh, to max rank before a set date 
so I can so I can get access to the third act of the game. Otherwise, all all this would have been for naught. I can always start Futabas later. True, that is completely true. Specifically with Maruki, like I said, the game is stressful because of those, those limits that they put. Uh, with Maruki, I think it's it's rank nine. You don't need to max out. I don't think the the tenth bit comes with the um with the new semester. But he yeah, rank nine for Maruki. It's stressful because there are points in the game where it locks you off. So like when you go um which is never which was never really a case in the previous Persona 5 that's another change like for example Kawakami because she's a school teacher during um, school holidays you can't access her social link which is kind of I mean now it's kind of weird but it makes sense because obviously you're not really going to see a teacher you know during school holidays it's a bit awkward but it's the same with Maruki like when you when you go to Hawaii obviously you can't see Maruki during the summer holidays you can't see Maruki and then even after that Maruki kind of blocks you in a sense that there'll be a day that's raining you can't see Maruki on the days that is raining which is a bit weird I don't understand why that is does he get like really upset when it's raining I did not notice that like I thought that how it worked is that he was only available during certain days like pretty much all social ranks are but I did not notice the, that the weather plays a part in his availability yeah so I've, good I've noticed that because there'll be a time where he, it will say on the screen that his social link is up so you can go and see him and then when you go and speak to him and it will be it'll be flashing blue and everything and when you go to speak to him, he'll be like, oh, it's raining today. And he just won't speak to you. And I'm like, well, is this a glitch? Like, or is this like a real thing? Like, what is going on? Why does Maruki not like the rain? Like, what are you up to, man? Like, what? Do you have anything better to do? Like, what the fuck? Like, for me, that was a bit odd. Other than that, I think it's it's um it's pretty cool the fact that he's even in there. Like I, I like him. He's so chill. Like he's he's a cool guy. Although if the soundtrack that was included in the if the soundtrack that was included on the limited edition of Persona 5 Royale is any indication, I have my suspicions. I haven't investigated on this further, but I'd rather keep it at that because I because I found out a particularly upsetting spoiler of Royale. Um naturally not gonna share that here i'm crossing my fingers that it isn't true but fair enough i mean there's a lot of stuff in the game obviously that uh, have been circulating and even back in persona 5 there's a lot of stuff so like i said i mean for this episode there it's completely spoiler free yes there are some elements that we do talk about that kind of are on the edge but we're not going to like ruin the story or anything yeah uh, one thing that i do want to talk about is mementos because there's a lot of changes to Mementos, a lot of changes that I absolutely fucking love. And Atlas, well done. That's a good change. Specifically, like, I never used to grind in Mementos. Now I feel like I can without it feeling a bit boring because um, of of the new character, Jose. And it's, I find that a bit weird. The fact that he's called Jose and it's spelt with a J. Shouldn't it be pronounced Jose? It's supposed to be pronounced Jose. But all the characters um, say Jose. Me. And I think that's, that's just weird, Tyson, don't you think? I mean, I'm a Spanish speaker. So I would call him Jose, but it's um, it's something about the uh, it's a, it's something about the English language. Like when for it, like for some reason they use it, it, their only lexicon. So it, it like it can get this type of weird scenarios. But for me, I don't think it's necessarily to do with the English because, for example, if I was to say jalapenos, it, it starts with a J, but it's a it's a H sound, right? So. Like, I think it's something to do with the Japanese translation. So 
obviously in Japanese it would be Jose, right? It would there wouldn't be a Jose. It would just be Jose. And then when they change that into English, it kind of they just use the Japanese like pronunciation because I've noticed that with a lot of other names in the game. Depends on how strict Atlas was on keeping a particular version of the uh, of the name sounding so you find this a lot in anime for instance when they insist on using like the english version the the japanese for lack of a letter word of a better word english version of a name or a term so i think there's a little of that in here as well in which in which the direct in which the director was no i want this i want this pronunciation to be this one and the voice actors just have to roll with it i guess i mean but it's a bit awkward like for example an like is her name an or is it an that's that's something that i wanted to know but i will never find out i mean you can you can always ask uh, her if, if her if her voice as uh, actress erica erica harlecker if, if if i could manage to get her on i mean <laughs> otherwise oh you know i can send her a tweet I mean, I mean, from from what I've observed, she's pretty chill. So who knows? For me, the, the biggest, the two main momentous changes that were amazing for me was first the motor car being able to speed up. Holy crap! Wait, you could do that? Really good. Wait, yes. wait, really? Yes. Well, my mind is blown, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can go quicker with the car now. And the second one was, I don't know if you guys have done this, but when you're in the Mona car, have you guys pressed your PlayStation button, the, the thing at the top? What, the, the touchpad? Yeah. No, what happens? Have you have you not done that? No. Not, it, not, not with is the that, car, is, no. Yeah, but when you're in the car. Can I can I say this? Is that Maybe you can. Say if, if, if it's a spoiler, we'll bleep it out. But... Okay. When it's it's very, very funny. When you press the, the thing, it makes a cat noise. Wow. Oh, like oh, like a little horn? Yeah, when when you're in the car and you press the thing and you're driving around and you press it, it makes somebody got a cat and put a microphone to its face. And if you keep pressing it, it makes all these different cat noises. It's brilliant. We accidentally pressed it and was like, "What the hell was that?" And we kept pressing it and it kept making cat noises. Wow, that's so, I am so I am so doing this way. I'm surprised no one actually commented on that. I've not seen yeah. the article that talks about. Did you guys not know? Like, no. it was it was no, it was by I, accident. I it was purely it. by accident. And when you press it, honestly, when you get time. And you're in Mementos or wherever, just press it and it makes a cat noise through the PlayStation controller. Oh, oh no. Through the PlayStation yeah. controller. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I can understand that because I've set all of those noises off because I fucking hate that when stuff comes through the controller. But you have to actually press you have to press the, the thing in for it to work. Obviously, you don't you don't do like like touch it or you know, like the touchpad, oh, you have to oh, press so, it in. Oh, so it's not a tab, it's like pressing the button in the touchpad. When when you pet it, like when you when you when you um uh, stroke the the how else can I say this without being it being weird? When you stroke the controller, it makes a purring noise. When you stroke the con <laughs> what you mean the touchpad portion? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, it makes a purring noise. That's amazing. I, I'm surprised. Look, I'm, Sam, I think you're like the first person to find this out because I've seen no one talking about this. Really? Online. No, Come, no I mean, one has spoken either. about this. And I'm, I'm pretty sure if you could, if, it's if, my job as a journalist. I mean, come on. <laughs> I've got to find these things out, um, but you, 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 it's it's incredible. And we just spent like five minutes pressing the thing in because it just makes these noises. You have to try it. It's brilliant. I'll try it when I play it later on today after this recording. That's oh, the first oh, thing I, I, I do. I will, I will too. I will too. That is just insane. Now, like, there's so many other like major changes <laughs> in Mementos, but this seems like the number one change. 
It's the best quality of life change. Wow. That's why I mentioned it. <laughs> Touche, Atlas. You've done some stuff. Like, I've noticed there's a lot of stuff that doesn't need to be changed, and there's a little bits and bobs here and there Tyson mentioned before with the, you know, going to the bathroom and seeing your 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 ranks on your intelligence and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff that I don't think we can all find out at once. Like, Atlas isn't saying these things. So it's like, when people find out, they find out, I guess. There's interesting things, specifically with Jose or Jose, the fact that you can change the cognition of Mementos. Like, you can basically add XP boost and or, or swap that if you want more money in mementos which is really good for the later game when you really want to fuse them higher powered personas and stuff yeah i think there's stuff like that that's pretty cool i mean like specifically within the end game like obviously this isn't spoilers for royal but more so spoilers for five your final final dungeon is basically mementos so you could if you haven't gone through mementos at the start of the game and you have to go through all of it at the end you're going to drain a lot of sp you're going to drain a lot of hp and stuff so it's nice that you have a shop there to you know buy items and stuff yeah i, I noticed that was quite good i mean it gave it more incentive as well to, to actually to give it more meaning besides going in there when the weather changes for different effects you can actually you know go in there and you know there's a potential that some things will be burning like usual or, or you know there's the um the actual battle itself where some you know if you do a certain amount of damage things explode and you know it's, it's it's yeah there's more of an incentive especially the layout changes as well because they were a bit repetitive i found in in five you know there's not there's some i i saw when the game was coming out that people were tweeting um uh just some mementos map layouts with just a straight line or like a square you know it's, it's very funny to my knowledge like it's it's all like um it's like an algorithm that changes but i'm guessing when it gets to a certain point yeah i was wondering the same like are mementos maps supposed to be procedurally generated like i, I, I like i believe like i believe it's something that mona uh, mentioned at the beginning of Memento, like oh how they how this layout will always change um so even like go, going from floor to floor and even if you go back to a, a previously traversed floor the layout just changed and i don't know and i don't know where to, f where to find stuff now it's the same also with the stamps because now you have the stamp system with uh, with uh jose right so even then there will be certain times where it'll be like you have to collect 20 stamps but there's only 10 floors and you can go through the floors once and you might not even find any additional stamps it, it once again it incentivizes you to go through mementos all over again to get all of the stamps has that happened to you that because has happened to me, i right? haven't I, I haven't had any problems trying to get it to get all the stamps um, no I've and not, i'm I've one not. of I've, I've had that so, issue with me like personally uh, there have been times where i haven't gotten all the stamps on the floor obviously you get the ones at the exits and stuff but i haven't got the all the ones on the floor because of this so i have to go into mementos on another day to go to those same floors obviously it will spawn in the stamps once again i'm not sure if that's a glitch or if that is so earlier you were asking me how i felt about mementos uh, in comparison with tartarus correct yeah okay so mementos um i feel like it is what tartarus should have been even the even the persona 5 version one not the not the real one because while tartarus to me has always felt like a drag to complete and the thing is I have to do this in order to get to the end game in Persona 3. In, 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 I mean, it's no different in Mementos because that's pretty much where the end game is. But it doesn't feel like that much of a chore. I'm not sure it like it's hard to put in words what exactly is it that I like about Mementos more about Mementos more because 
if I was given perhaps in its proper context how many floors I'm traversing in order to get to Memento's depths, it could be pretty much the same as I went through Tartarus in order to get to the ep to the top. I don't know, like, 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 like talk to me, bitch. What, like, stating, like, stating this, like, how do you feel about Mementos, about Mementos versus Tartarus? Like, originally when playing Persona 5, I was pretty much at home with uh, Mementos because it was just like, yeah, and this is this is Tartarus. It's just flipped upside down. And I get what you mean. And I think really where you're coming from, it might be because the fact that you don't know what's going to happen next. There's so many variables that you can't account for within Mementos. There's stuff like weather changes affecting bosses and stuff like that. There's requests as well. You didn't get that in um, in Tartarus. Tartarus was very like very orthogonal in the sense that everything was organized. Everything was the same depending on which floor you go to. Each time you go into Mementos, it changes. So for me, it didn't really make much of a difference, but I can understand where you're coming from as to why you might feel that Mementos is less boring than Tartarus, because in reality it is. What I don't like about Tartarus, uh, what I don't like about Mementos, but I do prefer about Tartarus, is the fact that Mementos is really dark. And I, I know that sounds really stupid, but I, I don't like turning up the brightness. And yeah, I did subsequently do that, but it's still quite dark and dreary. And it's I understand why it's like that, but I just like the blue palette that was used in Tartarus as opposed to that red and sort of stupid dark thing. I don't I don't want to feel like I'm going driving through like this edgy thing. Like, I don't like that. So that's probably why on a subconscious level, why I don't like Mementos as much as Tartarus. But hey ho, I think it's each to their own. But wouldn't you feel like from an artistic point that say for instance that there's even a little bit of Tartarus remade in the Persona 5 art style, in the Memento style, like don't you think like it would be done similarly? It's just that uh, in contrast with, with, with the Tartarus that, that we have now, um, the consoles can now handle like look ahead, so it wouldn't look like it like uh, it, like a late PS1 gaming which it had fog or it had darkness um, to, to to cover up areas that the console couldn't load uh, immediately because like I I can I can agree um, or I'm sorry. I can understand you disagreeing with the artistic choice, but I don't think that Tartarus, even even with the Memento style, would be any different, you know? True, I, I completely understand where you're getting from. Like, if they were to do a Persona 3 remaster with, you know, the P5 engine, yes, probably it would maybe look very similar. Um, the one thing, another thing that I, I think I, I realize now is the fact that you're in the cat the whole time. That's one thing that I don't... I just, look, I like it, but at the same time, it kind of gets a bit repetitive. And the fact that you can um, attack certain bosses and just basically not get into a fight. I want to go into mementos to get into a fight sometimes. So the the lovely thing for me about Tartarus is the fact that you were walking around. It was basically a palace, right? Uh, I understand where they're going for, but I personally just liked walking around and seeing the costumes and just in talking to the characters and interacting with characters. You don't get that as much. Yes, they have some funny quips when they're in the car. But if you do something or if you pause the game at a certain point, it will just stop that quip. It won't continue it. So that might be another reason. I think, I don't know, Tyson, sometimes I think it's all in my head and that there's, there isn't a definitive reason why I prefer Tartarus to Mementos. But that is my own personal problem, I guess. I don't think a lot of people will agree with me.
I mean, I can't really voice why I dislike Tartar Tartarus. Like, perhaps if I sat down with someone and told me like the like the reasons as to why Tartarus the way it is and Mementos the way it is, because like for for instance, um, I feel like a cheap cop away would be to say that I prefer the Mementos music to the Tartarus music. But then again, it's an artistic choice. Um, but I kind of, it, but it's like this uneasy feeling that I want to form a little bit more, but I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. So, like, if any if any Persona fans would like to reach out to me, um, we'll be sharing. Um, I'll be sharing my Twitter later later on the show, I suppose, and we can have a conversation. Fair enough. Um, that being said, I really want to go in for an ad break, and then after that, we're going to be talking about confidants and our favorite characters, least favorite characters. So, see you after the ad break. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Loot Anime. Loot Anime brings you the best collectibles and gear and merch and even more from your favorite anime and manga series from past and presents with a $60 value of each crate for $35 a month and you can cancel at any time it is a no-brainer learn more at getalifepodcast.com forward slash loop anime and use the code GALP15 for 15% off on your next crate go and check them out support the show in addition to that if you want to see what's in the upcoming crates you can go and check it out on our YouTube channel remember that is getalifepodcast.com forward slash loot anime use the code GALP15 for 15% off thank you loot anime for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the wonderful people at JList. JList brings you the latest anime and otaku goods from Japan directly. Well, that's anime, manga, cosplay, import game, visual novels. JList has got you covered. Learn more at getlifepodcast.com forward slash JList. And remember to use our link and the code GALP for 5% off on all purchases on JList. That's including pre-orders. Remember, getlifepodcast.com forward slash JList. Thank you very much, JList for sponsoring this episode of the podcast and we are back with sam and tyson i don't know why i said tyson like that but you know <laughs> either way it's just fun more to emphasis say. yeah more emphasis on the name more emphasis on the name i actually like the name so oh thank you you're welcome tyson but uh, yeah confidants basically Confidants are basically, uh, if you've played previous Persona games, they're social links, but they rework in a certain way. There are some changes from previous games, and I've done some uh, research on it before this episode. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. I've been looking through game files and stuff. Confidants were going to be working very differently um, compared to 3 and 4, to how it is now in 5. Like the fact that it was going to be the case where confidants would flip, the arcana cards would flip around, which is a pain in the ass. And I'm so glad that they didn't include that in this game because it would have been the case that if you ignored messages and stuff, you would basically be forced to, you can't, basically wouldn't be able to continue with that confidant and level them up. That would have made it a lot more stressful, but I'm glad they didn't include that. But I want to know Sam first because I'm, I'm pretty sure I already know who Tyson's favorite characters are and everything, but I wanted to know Sam, who is your favorite character in Persona 5? Oh god. <clears throat> Are we just talking about uh confidence first? Like uh, like yeah, okay, let's say oh, let's say confidence first and then we'll go into like your best girls and your favorite characters and stuff. Oh boy. Oh boy. So so for confidence, I have a I mean, so 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 context is always important here. I was uh, I, I knew that you could romance a lot of people, and in actual fact, I knew that there's a, some funny Easter eggs. You know, you can have where you try and romance everybody in one, and you get that funny cutscene. Um, so when I was playing, uh, uh, how can I not say any of this and and it not annoy people? 
Um, uh, I, I found that um, Arn was the very stereotypical first romance option they gave you. As a non-Persona player, I was like, oh god, well, I'll just say, you know, there has to be more here. Um, there has to be, you know, there needs to be more here for me. So uh, what ended up happening was, is as I was sort of tweeting my random adventures from playing five for the first time, um, what ended up happening was uh, it was a toss-up between uh, the doctor and the teacher. Okay. Now, what happened was, <laughs> my, my thought process was, uh, whichever one I romance first is fine. Because I, I was like, both of them are great. So I was like, you know what, let's see what happens. So what happened was my first uh, confident romance for Max and blah, blah, blah was Kawakami. All right, fair enough. I mean, like for me, I'm I'm very intrigued why you wanted to stay faithful because obviously for me, I played Persona 4 and it was just like, you Narukami was a pimp. Like he was going around romancing every character he could. You know, if he could romance uh, Yosuke, he would do it. You know what I mean? He would romance everyone. So for me, I'm, I'm in that Persona 4 mindset where it's like, I want to romance every character in the game, but I can. So I'm surprised that you actually went for only one character and you decided to remain faithful. For me, like I, I wanted, uh, I knew that there was multiple options and I knew that, that the more you have, that there's more chance of messing up or something would happen. So I wanted a, a vanilla, a very vanilla experience, especially being the first time I had played. Um, but there is some, some steep competition there as well with, with the confidence. Like for me, um, personally, the confidants that I tend to go for, the first confidant that I, I really want to get maxed out from the beginning, because it's kind of easier to do if you look through Persona Fusion guides, is the twins. And not necessarily because they have a story, but because the rewards you get. That's what I like about this game. The rewards are insane. Like the fact that it used to be the case that in previous um, Persona 5, I mean, in the original Persona 5, if you max out the twins confidants, then you have the ability to buy Persona fusions greater than your power. So you pay like insane amounts of money, but now they've lowered it down to level five. So you can get it pretty early on in the game. I like that. And I think that's a really good change. It, it means I don't need to necessarily spend as much time fusing with the twins and stuff they're a great confidant but mainly for their their reward system but in terms of like the one that i enjoyed the most in persona 5 i actually used to hate particular confidants like um yusuke i used to hate yusuke i was like fuck this guy oh, yeah. i used to hate him and the same with yeah. haru and obviously tyson knows my opinion on haru but i actually fucking hate her and i think she's bullshit but then in this game, in Royal, I'm like, wow, you know what? Haru is really cool. I actually really like Haru and I really enjoy Yusuke. And it's, it's stuff like that. You're like, I, after spending so much time without playing the game and then going back into it, I'm like, there's some really nice social links and really nice confidants in here. But in terms of the more romantic confidants, Takemi, yes. I agree with you. The Doctor is amazing. Kawakami, her story kind of got to me a little bit. Like, it's kind of the way that they do it. It's kind of like not necessarily set in stone until a certain point because obviously she's working in it as a maid and whatever. But it's like the story got to me because it was like, obviously, I don't want to spoil the confidant, but she's working as a maid and we'll put that in air quotes. But the reason why she's doing it, it's kind of like this kind of, I don't want to say a noble reason, but it's like, it got to me and I was just like, wow, Kawakami, that's why you're best girl because you've done what you needed to do. And I, and like, there's a lot of guilt associated with what she's doing and she feels very guilty about what she's doing and stuff like that. That I feel that 
she feels like a real human being. I, I know that sounds really bad because obviously I'm ins insinuating that the other characters feel plastic, but like I don't get the same feeling with Takemi and I don't get the same feeling with Futaba. Like I did enjoy Futaba's social link in Persona 5, but now I'm not really into it. Like I'm like, okay, Futaba, cool, move along. Like we want to get into like the real meat and potatoes, like even Kasumi, like her confidant so far, I've maxed it out and it's, it's, it made me cry. I know it sounds really weird that, you know, a grown man is crying at video game characters, but it's it it made me cry. Like, it was so emotional. Same with Maruki as well. Like, Maruki's confidant is very, like, depressing. So get ready for that, Tyson, when you're maxing him out. Get the tissues ready. Get the paper towels ready, so... Because you're going to oh, be crying no. a river. I mean, are, are we getting on to, to, to people we don't like? Are we still are we still running through... Well, I mean, we can, we can finish off with Tyson, and then we can go on to... Um, people we don't like because there's a lot of them as far as enjoyable social links hmm i have to think about this one for a bit for, for a moment and while listening to the both of you uh share your share your feelings i don't think it was enough time but i'll do my best here i'm really enjoying a catchies oh tyson um, i knew you'd say that <laughs> no it, no i mean no no i'm serious uh it, like like it, like this dude just taking me out because like the whole um it, the the whole um the whole ring and, and, and akechi stuff is that akechi kind of sees him as a rival only because arem uh there to if to question his opinions on the on the phantom thieves so akechi just was like oh i i, I appreciate your perspective let's be friends yay um, so it was kind of annoying in the original in the original persona, but um, well, as Bish said, uh, Akeshi was only level uh, through uh, through story events. But now that they added this whole dimension to his character, obviously, I can't really go into how I really feel about this without going into spoilers. Mm. So I mean, you can um, talk about spoilers, and it's for Persona Five, not Royal, I guess, <laughs> if you want to. It's up to you. So for the audience, if you play Persona 5 and if you are at that party royal, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so I just leave it at that. The one thing I, I, I want to kind of interject a little bit. I've noticed that with changing his confidant to, to having it not progressing through story is very interesting because I've noticed that it changes the story slightly. Obviously, when you first meet Akechi, it's within the same scenario, but he says certain things a lot earlier and it kind of sticks out a lot more like a sore thumb. So it kind of, I don't know, it makes it a lot less shocking. If you get what I mean, if you know, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. Exactly, because we've all played True Persona 5, we know what happens, but it would be interesting to see if someone who has not played Persona 5, uh, maybe just playing to Royal, like, if they can pick up on the signs. Because I didn't, because... 100%. When I originally played, I did not, and that got me, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like... If, if, if you know and you know you know um let me just switch topics here because we're kind of focusing too much on this so i've enjoyed kasumi's but only be uh, only because of virtue that is new as far as the rest um you know i kind of been enjoying makoto's i didn't enjoy i didn't enjoy it uh in persona 5 because of how much leveling i had to do in order to get to particular events in her in her social link like in persona 5 i didn't even bother but in persona in royale 
I feel like um like for it like right right now I think I have Makoto at six. And I'm not progressing further because, like I said, I want to focus on Maruki. Because otherwise, all this time, all this time that I've been that I've been that, that I've been playing is for naught. But still, it, it kind of feels like you're reverting back to the characters that you already know and love. Because you mentioned before, Persona 4 for you was a game where these were the kind of people that you wanted to hang out with. Do you feel the same about Makoto in Persona 5 Royal, for example? That's what I wanted to know. Um, I just want to be clear here, and probably jumping the gun a bit. Uh, my intention is not to romance Makoto. Okay. Like I'm not gonna, like I'm not gonna do that. Like I'm going all in on Kasumi. I'm going all in on her. The thing but... is, can you romance Kasumi? Yes, you can. I read a, I read a number of articles in which her uh, her social link gets expanded if you get to the third end of the game and you're able to pursue a romantic uh, route with her. Because I've tried to do that earlier on within the social link, and she just she's she's so not harsh, but she's just savage. Like she like you'd be like, oh, you want to be like partners or whatever, and she will just turn you down and she'll laugh about it. And I'm like, wow, that's. Uh... Not. If you try to do it at any point other than the third act, you will if you will come across that. But if you do it during the third act, you'll feel if you'll find that she's more receptive to like actually uh, like actually going out with you and whatnot. And I'm trying to follow a guide here in order so that um, because like I already had to reject Anne. I'm at that point in her social link in which I, I rejected her. I'm like level nine with her. Um, I haven't unlocked Haru's yet, and so I, as I'm still going through um, ok in Okumura's palace, I already romanced Futaba. I know how her social link is. So, so you're not gonna do that again? No, I'm not gonna do that again. Um, so I'm just gonna treat her like a little, like the little sister that a lot of the community sees her as. The Emoto. The, 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 the Emoto, even though I don't particularly agree, but I don't wanna, I don't wanna knock that, um, I don't wanna knock that what's nest. You know, I'll, I'll be honest um, with you, the only reason I haven't gone for Futaba in terms of romance is because she reminds me so much of, um, ah, forgot her name, fucking hell, oh no! <laughs> Uh, what? <laughs> the cousin, you know, Akami's cousin. What's her name? Shit. Nanako. Nanako. Yes, she reminds me too much of Nanako, and I can't. I can't. Nanako made me really upset when playing through that game. But either way, yeah, Futaba to me is like Nanako. I can't. And you know what? I'm disappointed in myself that I couldn't remember Nanako's name. Fucking hell, she was my favorite character in Persona 4, and I couldn't even remember her name. Ah, uh, you know what? I don't think I should call myself a Persona fan anymore. <laughs> I am I am revoking your Persona fandom. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Atlas, if you're listening, stop giving me review codes. I don't deserve them. <laughs> but the the one thing that I wanted to mention, who are you going to romance again? Because you said you're going to go for Kasumi. You're not going to go for another person? You're not like Pimp Narukami? You're not going to go for like multiple people? Or is it just me? All for the purpose of a meme. Uh, no. I, I, I'm just going to stay... Um, I'm just saying, I'm just gonna see mon monogamous. If I want to see the the cutscene, I can always look it up on YouTube. For those who are braver than me. Fair enough. You know what? I've done that. Every every playthrough that I had of Persona Five, I did that. Um, I went through because I I don't know. I was kind of greedy. I just wanted everyone. I was like Takemi, Kaokami. I think I uh, An as well. Um, I didn't. I wasn't able for Haru, but I did for Makoto. And it, the cutscene is so bad. Like I didn't expect it, and I was just like, "Fuck! This is what I get." 
because I was still assuming that Joker's kind of like pimp Yu Narukami, you know what I mean? So clearly, clearly he doesn't get away with it. He doesn't have enough charm to do that. So, so before we move on, I kind of want to butt heads with Sam for a moment. I love him dearly, but I'm not agreeing. I'm not agreeing in the, in the decision that that he made because, and this is more my experience with with the community back when Persona Five was at large, but. I found a lot of people were like saying, "Oh, wh why are you missing the kids when, when, when they are two adults?" And that got like so much in my nerves back in the day. Like even be it, like I can it, like I can remember vividly the things that annoyed me about community discussion about Persona 5 back in the day. It was one, why are you romancing Futaba? Two, the is sheer amount of Makoto fans out there in which I I was like legitimately annoyed by that. And number three is, oh, just Roma, Roma's the adult. So that was like, I can't say myself that I disapprove of the doctor because she, but she has like that devious charm to her that if I like in another playthrough, I would definitely gone to maybe to romance her. But then, but then Sam's mentioned that he romanced Kawakami, and I'm like, no, Sam. <laughs> I mean, this this is you know, it was you know, it was definitely a difficult choice, but it was more so that that you're almost curious, right? The curiosity almost gets the better of you. You know, it's something that shouldn't happen anyway. So you want to see what happens. And I think that's what happened with me because I was like, well, to me, as I was already mentioned, like Arn was your very atypical, your first sort of romance thrust to you, should you want to romance her. But then when these other options came up, I was like, wait a minute, you know, what else can I unlock here if, if I sort of push, push the buttons and see what happens, you know? Um, and so it was a toss, toss up between those two. And it just so happened that I obviously had done something correct where I was able to, um, fully go with uh, uh, Kawakami. In regards to, uh, to to Kawakami, like, I'm surprised at how human her social link is. N like, literally, she's just doing the main thing because she wants to help her. That's why uh, that's why she's doing it for. And the wages that she earns as a teacher. You've completed the social link, right? No, no, I got I got I got to a point in which I know what Kawakami's motivations are. So I think it's about rank four, rank five. I'm going to say to you, like Tyson, that. complete the social link. That's all I'm going to say. There is more. There is more to it. Than, than, than that. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. I don't want to spoil it for you, but complete the social link. I've been finding really hard to level Kawakami up, um, and I'm not sure if I'm stuck um, right right now in as far as time period in her social link. Like I've been calling her over to make coffee, to do my laundry, because I'm thinking, oh, so since I know that she wants to pay off a big bill. I should just continue to call on her and give her money. So I'm gonna stop you right there because that doing those things doesn't progress the social link at all. I get where you're coming from and that's the logical sense, but the easiest way that I've noticed to, to rank up her social link is obviously after that big, you know, it costs a lot of money. You need to have a lot of money to hire her, but you need to do it at a certain time. So you have to do it at nighttime on Friday night and Saturday night. They changed it from Persona, from the original Persona 5. And in addition to that, during the school breaks, you can't contact her at all. So that might be why you're finding it a bit difficult to access her social link, because there is a lot more barriers in the way. But I think that's because her end reward is, I think, out of all of the 
the rewards, she has the best one because it gives you more time in the game. So to recap, uh, hire her on Friday, Saturdays, and you mentioned uh, some other date that it got cut off. Can you repeat that? Um, so Fridays and Saturday nights, and not during the. Obviously, you can't. You're cut off during the school um, breaks. So, which wasn't an issue in the previous game, but now they've included that here. So it's more difficult to get in thing with her. But I think what you could do is go to the shrine. That's what I do. So I would go to the shrine. So not the one in Kichijoji, like the, the original shrine. Go to that shrine before, before Friday night and before Saturday, and then pray for the social link. And then you'll you'll see her little bubbles going up a little bit. And it's, it's just an easy way to get her up. That's good to know. It is. I, I think the, the whole shrine mechanic in this game has is, is been buffed up a little bit more because you actually can see. Like, there's... I'm not sure if you guys noticed. You know the little um, music tunes that come out when you say the correct thing during a social link? There, yeah. There's a way... If you look at it closely, I think if, if they're smiling or something, that's how you know that it's going to rank up for the next time you speak to them. So there's little cues within Royal that kind of tells you that okay you're a little bit closer to the to the social link so you're not like having to rely on guides and stuff um for me i think there was another social link that i really want to talk about um yeah which which characters do you dislike the most and which social links do you think that are just pointless and really shit and you don't want to even talk about like what are what is that for you because for me in this game i find yoshida to be very pointless in Persona 5, he's very useful. But in this game, because of the new mechanics with Jose, with, you know, leveling up money and stuff, doing negotiations aren't really much of a thing. That's how I see it. So I find him a bit annoying. And when he calls me, I'm like, fuck off, mate. Just, I want to spend time with someone else. I don't want to spend time with him. Is there any social links that you find or confidants that you find that, oh, not this guy again. I, I don't want to bother with him or her. For me, I'm thinking, oh, yeah. Um, Shihaya at really? the moment. Oh, um, no. Okay, I want to know why. Tell me. So, so like I see. Um, of course, my my opinion is a bit to change. I still haven't finished. Um, I still haven't finished the game. Mm. But I find her overall usefulness to the story like almost null. Um, in terms of the rewards that I get, um, is are stuff that I could do without. Um, I would you, much you talking it, about so Oya it, or um, Chihaya. Oya. Okay. No, I agree. Oya. Um, it, uh, so, it, so as far as far as Chihaya, I'm how I'm going to her is that oh, so she'll be attending climbs in which I can do stuff in mementos. So I haven't, so I haven't reached a conclusion as to whether she's useful or not. Mm. But definitely, Oya is like, hey, don't uh, don't call me. Like you should be talking to Mishima. Okay, he's your contact. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe she, maybe she doesn't like Mishima. You don't know, Tyson. Don't judge her. So, if I, if I have to go to Crossroads, which is the bar that Oya is in in Shibuya. Oh no, Tyson! Um, don't tell me you do that. I know what you. I know what you're gonna say. You'd be like, I'll answer her text message so I get a free ticket. Tyson, come on. <laughs> no, not even, not even, the, not even the free ticket. And I'm not sure if this was a thing in Persona Five. In, Ro in Royale, I can work at the bar. So yeah, if I need to level up my kindness, well. okay, I never did it in Five. Um, I thought it was a Royale thing. There, there's something that I want to mention also about Oya. It's like the only reason that within Persona Five that I even went for her confidant is just the way that she was designed, the way that she looks, her face, her hairstyle, the clothes that she wore reminds me of my best friend from university and so young. If you're listening. 
Her name is So Young, by the way, which is kind of a cool name. Um, she reminds me exactly like her. The personality is exactly the same, and she obviously went overseas uh, for work, so I haven't seen her. So it was kind of like for me to to kind of get that interaction with my friend. I had to play. <laughs> I had to play Persona Five. I know it sounds really bad, but. That's the only reason why I went for, for Oya's like, um, social link. But I do agree with you. She is really useless in this game. Not so much Shihaya, though. If you really want to, at least in, in Royal, like with the uh, Persona alarms and stuff like that, she is very useful if you want to go for that. I mean, I fuse Personas in order to get it to get higher ones. And I guess I can talk about my strategy here when it comes to Personas. One other thing is that... Uh, Royale hasn't done anything to change my opinion on Ryuji. Like, really? I still find him annoying. For real? Fun. For real. I think I I, 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 I prefer I prefer I prefer Yusuke over over Ryuji because like Ryuji is that type of character. Like okay, the, like the social link is very it, it's very like heartwarming and stuff. And like Ryuji is a dude that really cares for his mom after his. Um, as a deadbeat dad left thing and whatnot. So, but Ryuji is that is that type of person, like story wise, that is just begging for before attention and and, and and always could be like the source of. So, say for instance, if if it leaked that uh, that this girl were the Phantom Thieves. I would say, Ryuji, who did you spoke with? He actually said that before, out loud, in, in the sushi bar. He was like, oh, we're the fans. He's actually said it. No, I, I did got to that part. I think it was uh, the celebration for Makoto, uh, jo joining the party, in which he just blurted it out. And he continues to blur it out. And I'm like, Ryuji, shut the fuck up. Oh! I also want to mention <laughs> that he's the reason why uh, Morgana left the party during the Okumura fight, like in right before and, and and who do we have to thank for that ryuji ryuji I, you know what it's 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 a good point because at the same time tyson i find that whole arc very like shit i don't want to get into it as much but i kind of find morgana annoying for that same reason as the reason that you find um ryuji annoying like Morgana's very needy Morgana needs to know that people love him and that you know he's the, the number one and he always has to be number one most important that's why i don't like Morgana but i see where you're coming from for ryuji sometimes i feel that ryuji in himself is basically they tried to remake yosuke and put him into persona 5 because he he's kind of yosuke-esque right that's how i feel like he's just like a, a a shitty like imagine doing a persona fusion and it fucks up that's that's ryuji um so right now i am i i need to look up something but but i'll but i'll let san go ahead because i need to confirm uh my sister if we're going on to people um uh we don't like in terms of confidence the the one person um that i really didn't like as well which is i'm probably echoing everybody else was oya i just i just to me especially playing five i think she was one star for me I met her once, like they had the whole thing with the story and then that was it. Like I just didn't find her interesting. Just was not for me. Like I just, yeah, so I'm, I'm echoing, I guess, uh, what Tyson was saying as well. Yeah, I mean, just, uh, there's not, she's not offering much here, you know, <laughs> it's not really, not really interesting for me. Um, but if, so if we're talking about uh, people we didn't like, um, uh, there's a few that I didn't, and one that made a redemption. So I'll talk about the redemption one. 
One who, one who I didn't like, I mean, this is the first time I was playing the game. So when I was playing Persona 5, the f first person I didn't like was uh, Yusuke. But it ended up completely uh, U-turning. So my first time playing it, I thought he was very strange. Very, very strange. Didn't like him, but then his humour was perfect. Like, it was just brilliant. And I love Yusuke, he's brilliant. Um, the, the person who I didn't like most uh, was Futaba. I, oh no, I, I, not I a could bit, no, not. No. I could no. not. No, no, hang on. Like I, I, I could not uh, get along with that. Like now, now it's double standards for me to say yes. My my first romance was Kawakami, and you know, there's that that whole thing. But I would rather the age be up than down. But I just I found her annoying. I didn't like how much she she doesn't impact the game as much, in my opinion. And I just found that she was more of a she just grated on everybody as opposed to being. You know, the support was so RNG based as well when she would kick in, and I really feel like they could have done more with with her, and you can't see her, because I know that's part of her character. But I got her story, I, I found it was very emotional for me, a lot of um, uh, connections there, but I just didn't like her, and now I'm playing Royale, down there as well is Akechi. Like, I do not like Akechi either. Like, <laughs> like I can I accept Akechi, but, but, but Futawa, Sam. So Akechi, I, I just... I just found him really pompous and stuck up. I was just like, oh, really, you know. And then I, I agree. I think it's cool. Like his, his. You can actually do stuff outside of his. You know, you can actually do a confident thing, and you go to all those places, which I won't say. Um, but uh, I just couldn't get along with Futaba, and it just. I don't know. Maybe my opinion will change in Royale. Maybe there's extra bits. I'm. I mean, there's certain things within Royale that she has additional features in dungeons. Like, she'll actually do all-out attacks and stuff, which is pretty cool. I just... She just didn't make an impact for me. It was just, like... I don't know. It's like... It's just like being served beer with, like, a really heavy head. It's just... Just pointless. Just tip it away. Just... Yeah, no, I, I completely understand. I completely understand, man. It's... I, I get... I, you know, again, I get her situation. I get her story. She just came across as very, very needy. And I feel like they could have done more with her. That's me. Okay, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I completely agree with Akechi. But I mean, now it's changed a lot more because the fact that you have the option to to hang out with him. I think it's a yeah. he's a lot more fleshed out. Yeah, I think that's a good place for an ad break. We're going to come back and talk about our strategies within Persona 5 Royal. Hello, this is just a reminder for you guys to check out our Discord page. If you go to getlifepodcast.com forward slash Discord, join our Discord page. Join in on all the discussions that we're going to be having, whether it's in our gaming channel, our anime channel. Go check us out there. Hopefully in the future, we'll be doing our giveaways. All podcast giveaways will be done via Discord as well. So make sure you join in on the fun. In addition to that, make sure you follow us on Twitter at getlifepodcast. If you like what you see here, follow us on Twitter. We'll be posting new episodes, videos, announcements, things like that on Twitter as well. So be sure to check out our Twitter page if you want to be notified of all those kind of stuff. In addition to that, I want you guys to go and check out great buddy of mine, Sven. If you go to getlifepodcast.com forward slash Sven, that is S-V-E-N. Go and check him out there. It will direct you to his Etsy page. Check out his stuff. He's got awesome laser cut stuff, awesome 3D printed stuff that is based around gaming and anime. So if you're really into gaming and anime, be sure to check out his Etsy page. I know he's probably like, oh, why are you doing this? But you know what? I like the sportsman. I think you guys should do as well. We're not sponsored by him or anything. Just want to give him a shout out. Just go and check him out because he's an awesome dude. Tell him that we sent you as well. Anyway, back onto the episode.
we are back this is the final segment of this episode of the podcast but i want to talk about specifically strategies within the game because uh, there's certain things that they've changed that you can't necessarily abuse anymore so for example it used to be the case that it, during flu season you can go in mementos and just fuck up the reaper in just a couple of hits now you can't do that but there's a lot of different new quality of life changes like for example technical that, that was pretty much useless in persona 5 but now there's more reason to use it because more personas don't have weaknesses to to take advantage of so i wanted to know when you go into a particular dungeon what do you do what is your your technique is there certain personas that you go for is there you know do you fuck around with the personas when you like do fusions do you do like crazy shit or do you go for specific skills and stuff like that that's what i wanted to know and really i wanted to know from sam first because he's new to relatively new to persona obviously being persona 5 being his first persona game do you really delve into that a lot more or do you just like brute force the dungeon i mean for me it was all about uh, less about the numbers and you know how much I can get out of a persona and just more about how much damage they do and how much I can get get through but I mean you know there are particular people I take in uh, dungeons for for characters but for personas no it was more so like which one is doing the most damage and can have the most impact and you know try and build a strategy around that it was lesser around you know particular fusions and using the cards to buff them and I know you can do that but when I was first playing I mean I was confused enough already so I was like you know what give me the most physical and best damage and we'll just see how much we can go for here okay so would you say there's a like a one persona that is like your favorite like all-time persona or like in terms of design or in terms of damage dealt and whatnot oh i think it's later stages of the game i really enjoyed the the angels okay yeah the archangels yeah the archangels is really good and we have to talk about uh, i'm butchering the name completely the the chariot penis mara yeah it was it was brilliant like when I saw that, I was like, oh, they're not even joking around here. They're just like, here's a penis. The thing is, they they like to joke about it because when you first fuse him, he talks about penetration and he goes all <laughs> out. I think the reason why, and this is something that I really like about the Persona series in general, more so with Persona 5, they explain why the Personas are like, um, when, you, yes. when you go in there, obviously Mara, from what I remember, he's he's like this this whole like god of temptation or whatever in like Buddhist law. And his, his daughters tried to seduce Buddha. Like that was his his goal so i understand that might be why he's a penis in this game but that, that's been there <laughs> since i think probably like the first game like massive penis monster like i completely uh... get it but i mean i was shocked when i saw that in persona 4 and i fused him for the first time didn't know what he looked like i was like what the fuck is this like this game is rated <laughs> like what a 16 and there's an uncensored yeah. penis in the game it's definitely definitely though the the archangels i thought were very cool i just found that that you know when they were getting into that bit near the end of the game mm. which i won't spoil I, I found them very very cool and interesting as well this is what i like also about persona in general there's a lot of like religious imagery and a lot of like historical lore and stuff and you kind of get into it and you're like oh wow look okay i mean in the western world we kind of recognize these angels a lot because it's it's ingrained everywhere i mean but when you see like a lot of the buddhist stuff and a lot of like the shinto stuff or even even now with the with like arsen and stuff that was i thought that was pretty cool like it was like whoa i didn't even know who arsen was and now now I'm like into that. For me, I would say like my favorite persona and it's broken really is the DLC persona. So the persona oh that you God. get from persona, persona three and persona four, like the, the basically like Messiah, which is basically Jesus. Like he's, he's basically Jesus and Messiah and like Orpheus 
Thanatos and all of these Persona, they, I don't think that we should have been given the opportunity to have them because they, they're just too overpowered. Like I know when I first saw when they were there and you could get them, I was like, oh my God, really? And you know, your, your first day of the palace becomes you do everything pretty much on the same day. That's it. You know, it's the yes, It yeah. ruins the game for me, but I think it's useful now because at the beginning, that's the first thing I did because at, at least with Royal, when I downloaded that pack, I was like, you know what? Messiah, me and Messiah, we're going to fuck up Kamashida yeah, yeah. in one hit. I was playing on Merciless because that's the, the, the mode I'm playing on now. I, I finished the, the battle in a couple of rounds. I was like, what the fuck? So for me, it kind of ruined the game a little bit. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to use these Persona until my character's level is, is nearer oh. to that. So I, I kind of set that upon myself because I didn't want to ruin it. Yes, I do use them once in a while to basically, I think it's, I'm not sure if it's the hanging or the electric chair where you basically level up lower leveled personas using as using the higher ones as a sacrifice. So I, I do that constantly with Arsene because I really want to level up Arsene. I really like him a lot. So I do that a lot with him. I also take advantage of the jail, you know, when you like lock him up because in this game, it's a lot more useful with the introduction of uh, incense and stuff and leveling up specific personas stats and also like weaknesses because that's that's a big thing in the end and later game you will find that you'll get targeted with weaknesses a lot for me like i i found that the dlc personas that you get was actually quite handy because it allowed me to go through things i already know that's going to happen i could go through these bits and, and yes if there's extra bits and great but i could get to that content quicker if that makes sense uh, because i sort of get where we're going here with how the story goes but having them there to be like, oh, you know what? I can actually just do God's hand and just end everything. It, it was quite handy for me because, you know, it's like an extra an extra little bit of help if you wanted it. Yeah, like, I completely get that. I mean, like, for this game, I, when what pissed me off the most about using those DLC personas is just the fact that you're very limited on your fusion recipes. And someone like me, I love going in and just fusing random personas just to get the ones that I want, you know, just to fill up the compendium. Because I'm very persona-based because even when... When, when it was Persona 4 there was a heavy emphasis on fusion and in this game there is but I just want to make sure that I have the right thing I don't want to feel under leveled for a fight because I just did Okumura's Palace and I was struggling like I'm doing it on Merciless so yes it is going to be more difficult but I fucking hated that palace because it's the worst palace because it's staged in certain ways that the boss fight is basically very repetitive it's like you go through one set and if you don't complete them they will self-destruct and then they will respawn again and you and you have a 30 minute time this is like the it's unique in that sense because that's the only palace that has that but still it was just so annoying so for me in previous games like i didn't really care about that because my personas were all buffed up but going into this game and the saves don't transfer over i felt very weak and i felt very like vulnerable if that makes sense i didn't have those personas to make me feel like a god because restarting this game i felt like shit i have nothing i really need to focus on building a proper team and i've been watching like youtube videos and there's a lot of great youtubers out there like there's this one guy called Rosalind and he talks about um, the different strategies that you can use and like different persona builds like I saw this one build for uh, Satanil, um, which is I'm not going to spoil where, when you get him but it's towards the end of the game and basically he has the guys built him so he has one attack which is insane because I wouldn't imagine why would you need that but it was like an almighty move and obviously those moves really tend to cover everything but doing that kind of stuff and I'm, I'm relying more on like stat buffs and like defense compared 
compared to when I was playing Persona 5 because I didn't really think about it. I was just what, brute forcing, going through everything, but now it's more strategic in Royal. Now I would say for sure, knowing the weaknesses and whatever with going into Royale, it's it's easy to be like, oh, I, I remember this Persona. I, I know what would be good you here. You know, that's interesting that you mentioned that because I would say don't rely on what you know from Persona 5. I know, yes, I've learned that. <laughs> There's some fusion recipes that I remember like, oh, if you fuse this and this, you'll get this. Fusion recipes have changed, weaknesses have changed, the arcanas have changed as well. So thinking about what personas you're gonna use and you might think, oh, that persona is weak to electricity and then they change it completely. And then now it's it's weak to what, ice or fire or something, you wouldn't necessarily know. And the game doesn't really tell you that there's changes. So it's something that you don't need to rely on. And I think that kind of makes the game a lot fresher in the sense that I'm not going into this game thinking like i said I'm, I'm very vulnerable with this game now like i don't i don't feel like i'm op and like i'm our god like in persona 4 or like in persona 3 i feel like i'm a weak high school student that's struggling and i have to fucking work night shifts so i can pay these twins to fuse fucking personas i feel the struggle in this game a lot more than persona 5 og tyson i really wanted to know about your relationship with personas what are your favorite personas which ones do you tend to bring into palaces and so as far as having a favorite persona that one's easy because i don't have one. Oh, okay my strategy more to how to handle this is i try to have joker be to be to be malleable like i can cover i can cover most bases even those that are even though they are very specific i always find myself at least that's how i felt in persona 5 like there was always this uh missing this missing gap between having a persona that could do bless attacks and one that could do curse attacks and doing my best to have that not be the case especially for so there's at least four spots that i'm looking that i'm looking to fill immediate um so i want to have a persona that can do um, that that can do a nuclear attack. Uh, so that's Makoto's strength. Um, I want to have a persona that can do uh, psychic attacks. That's Haru, and then blessing curse, uh, which is not the particular strength of any of a, of any character. But usually, I tend to keep around a persona that can do that can do thunder attacks, that can do wind attacks and fire attacks. But essentially, if I don't take M Ryuji or Morgana or Morgana with me, I want to have their bases covered. Now, Morgana is my healer so i try to keep him around as much as possible but the other two teammates uh, are negotiable see I, I find that very interesting because you mentioned that morgana is your healer and for me i either have no healer so i rely on joker as the healing i'm just bringing a, a, a persona that's specifically built for healing or i use makoto that's my main healer I, I feel that i don't necessarily need to use morgana as much mainly because in this game with the showtime attacks they can jump in at any time you only need one member of the party to do a showtime like for example if it's Morgana and Ahn I don't need to have both of them I can only have one and still do that attack but with Morgana specifically because wind attacks fire attacks and lightning attacks you, you come across them very quickly through fusion and obviously because they're the first kind of teammates that you get in the early dungeons you see those personas a lot I'll be honest with you I really don't bring in Morgana I don't bring in Ryuji but I'll always have Ahn and the reason why I have Ahn specifically is because she 
can in this game she has this thing called sexy technique where basically she like entices the shadows in the game and that kind of if they were going to do like a big attack let, let's say they were charging up for a big attack she basically gets them to forget their attack which is a great like passive thing so i, I always keep her on um, makoto for the most part i have her as a healer and then haru it's either haru or yusuke depending on how i'm feeling that's why i mentioned before that i really have more respect for them in these games but i mean in the later game it's more so haru i rely on her a lot especially with her rocket launcher she doesn't have much ammo but because you get ammo each new fight she's just very useful and i kind of feel upset that i kind of shat on her when we spoke about persona 5 many years ago so yeah i think it's um that's how i kind of build my team but you do have a good point i just really wanted to know why specifically morgana as your healer as opposed to makoto because you already have makoto in there like i just wanted to know so i just want to point out that makoto for the most part is my backup healer in the events in which i bring her in which i bring her on so right now what i'm what i'm doing so uh, i am currently on okumura's pal a palace and my strategy so far has been okay so i have a fire persona that i'm looking to change because it can only do weak fire attacks which potentially those that are that are doing uh, that do higher and more importantly that i can do i can do uh, i can impact multiple foes with that attack i still haven't found either a persona or a fusion that allows if that allows me to do that i did found this uh once uh star a uh, starfish uh, shaped persona that is but, but my but my concern here is that um for now a majority of the enemies that i have are not focused on physical attacks but and and this persona is weak to physical attacks so that so that's a burden on my side I'm, i've noticed that you mentioned about the physical attacks and, and stuff like that but you don't put them in jail for a bit because then they can get null physical or drain physical or, or whatnot like do you not take advantage of the stuff that's given to you within the velvet room so you mean like power up is that what you mean i, I think so you know when you j put them in jail and then for a couple of days they're basically in jail and you have the ability to lose them forever if you don't come up and, and release them it's 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 not a new feature it was there before but it's it's kind of buffed up a little bit with the incense and stuff uh, you should already have it but it basically takes away nullify like it nullifies your weaknesses the longer that it stays in there so it's probably an option of advancing the the twins social link and i haven't made too much progress on that to be to be honest so it seems that um after uh, after i'm done with maroki i should probably focus on the twins then yeah i think so and the, the lovely thing about focusing on the twins is that if you do a new game plus if the persona are still in the compendium you can basically just pay those basically pay the price to bring those persona out and then you can level up from one to ten instantly within the same day which is just amazing okay I'll, um, I'll definitely look into that so back to my point um so i have that situation um i have a persona that can only do weak fire attacks the one that i'm potentially looking as a replacement is weak to physical attacks i haven't unlocked the jail yet so so, so that's not an option for me i'm seeing a majority of personas that I've obtained through the uh, through Okumura's Palace as a uh, fusion fodder, and when I'm looking for fusions, I'm looking for personas that can fill a gap in the base attacks that I want a persona to have. And for and for instance, like for the for the enemies that are like uh, have this little red outlier or that I know that are strong, I'm either looking to to cast the spell to lower down their defenses, or I'm going for technical attacks. Makoto is really 
good at this, uh, especially um, especially by casting forget. And I usually have another uh, in my roster that can do a bit the, that can do a physical attack. Like the, there's this one a persona that's an elephant in Oku, in Okumura. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The guy with the swords. Yeah. So it was like hilarious to me that I could just get Makoto to cast forget, and then he just knocks his belly and said he forgot the skills and i'm and, and i'm and i'm laughing here like oh that's this is what you get if i recall correctly the way that i can do a technical attack is by casting wind and usually after morgana uh, not morgana sorry um after makoto aka it was morgana's turn so i, so I was always so i was always down in down in him pulling out the all the all out attack card so those battles were were easy with the technicals it's it's so advanced in this game because for example if you did fire damage so let's say you have a persona that can deal fire and then follow up with wind it's going to result in technical or in the case of makoto when you you know cast confuse or forget and you follow up with an e like in some cases it can be like a gun attack or a physical attack it will cause a technical and then there's some way that you can do it with nuclear and psychokinetic attacks as well but if you go to the billiards and you play pool or whatever you can actually level up the amount of um like the the skills that can lead to technical attacks and there's a secret level four for the uh, technical attack rank which you can get but only it's really complicated you basically have to read certain books and then you have to do certain things in the billiards to get then get that i've done that and to be honest with you technical attacks are like the bread and butter of this game if you know how to do them you can fly through this game very easily uh, sam i i just wanted to know mainly because before you when you mentioned that you're playing persona 5 it was mainly more so just experiencing the story as opposed to just you mentioned it, it's all kind of confusing for you at the start so in royal do you find that you're you're delving more into you know more complex fusions or strategies and thinking about how am i going to tackle this dungeon and this and that i really wanted to know what you kind of do for that so generally is going to be the 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 regular the regular guillotine uh so just gonna be two personas in my experience while well, trying to do the triple guillotine um rarely get the result that i want like again i'm going at this with a mindset that i want to get a particular a particular attacks out of my personas so in the event that i don't have one teammate i can cover that gap one thing that i wanted to know because there's like and you know what tyson i don't want to judge you and i don't want to shame you on your on your strategy but there's a lot of things that I think you can easily fix like for example skill cards if there's a particular persona that you feel that okay they've got a really good skill you could just take you know sacrifice them get the skill card go to Yusuke and then duplicate the card so then you always have that card in your repertoire you know what I mean that kind of makes sense to me so so you know what i get i never use this and uh, this skill card duplication for infant yusuke and i have it um since i progress that far into a social link that this is an option for me to do but i've never i've never gone to him to get to get a skill card made nor i have um put any additional time into developing his social link which could be an error of me of course but yeah when i found out about the whole skill card duplication because i'm obviously playing persona 2 there is a, a another person in the in the velvet room i don't know if many people know this but there's another person within the velvet room who's kind of modeled after the guy that made persona 2 like the main director of the game he was a human that is stuck in the velvet room he can only be, be released from the velvet room if he has the ability to draw a human being which is so weird it doesn't make any sense but basically his job was to paint persona cards and basically duplicate cards in the same way 
that Yusuke does. So it's, it's pretty cool, man. Finally, I just want to end with Sam. Like, Sam, what is your, your strategy in terms of... Um, in terms of dungeons or like fusions and stuff? I mean, for characters I bring along, I always find that when I was playing Persona 5, Yusuke was always very good for, for severe physical damages and attacks, I found. Um, Ryuji, I found, was also very useful for pure physical and to, just a good party buff. Uh, Morgana as well, like Morgana was my healer. So I, I used Morgana for my healer as well. And um, I just found that, that his group healing and stuff was just, just very, very good. And obviously him having the wind, the wind as well to do the damage was good. For Personas, as I say, there was not much strategy involved. It was very much like a caveman attitude. It was like, right, me smash, like me just do damage. Let me try and kill things and see if I can like beat the boss by having the highest numbers. I mean, first I would obviously figure out the weaknesses and whatever, and then adjust the personas accordingly. But it was just making sure that um, I had the highest number possible. But obviously you find out soon enough that um, it's not always the case and you need very specific ones to help you stay alive. Especially when you have a, a persona that has a high physical attack and then you go in and then you realize your opponent has a reflection. Exactly, yes. That's happened to me too many times in Persona 5. Um, yeah. I don't want to embarrass myself it's there. It's a bit of a crux. I mean, I get that sometimes, to be honest with you. And the only reason that I wanted to talk about strategy is just because it's so important within Persona 5 Royal. And I think we can go on and talk about this game for years. Literally, this conversation can never end. And so I think it's a good place to end it here because we don't have enough time to talk about everything in the game. But I do encourage you guys listening, if you really want us to do more Persona episodes, I'm going to try and do it. Maybe not with these guys because they might be like, oh, fuck, I don't want to be in another five hour recording or whatever. But if you guys want them to return, please tell me via Twitter at Get Alive Podcast. In addition to that, go, go and join our Discord because you know what? It's pretty empty at the moment. It's pretty dead. We want to encourage more conversation about these games, especially if we're doing weekly episodes. So we kind of want you guys to get involved a little bit more. And I just want to thank Sam. It's the first time Sam has been on this podcast. Hopefully many more times after this. And Tyson. Everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. Not everyone loves him. Some people hate him. But, you know, we've got Tyson. Uh, thank you very much, Tyson, for coming on. It's been been a pleasure. Yeah, so if you want some silly videos that I voice or some articles, you can go to earlygame.com and you'll find a lot of written journalism there from me. Alternatively, you can find me on Twitter as well, which is SambatiVA. As for where I can be found, um, I'm at Twitter at ChemicalSora, that's C-H-E-M-I-C-A-L-S-O-R-A. You can also find my portfolio of work at ChemicalSora.me. And I also have a YouTube channel, but I'm not really active on there, so... Um, you, you can get there from my portfolio site. I forgot to make the joke where I basically say my Twitter page is yours. It's It wasn't meant to be this time, I guess. Big thanks to our sponsors, Japan Crate, Crunchyroll, and JList. Uh, JList is a new sponsor of the podcast, so go and check them out. When you support them, you support us directly, well, indirectly, so check them out. In addition to that, big thanks to Atlas and Deep Silver for obviously providing us review codes for Persona 5 Royal and obviously the original Persona 5. So, see you guys. Bye. Ah, oh, enjoy Persona. Make sure you touch the controller. Do it. Stroke your controller. Stay sexy.